0: Hello, and welcome to Banking Brand Forum. I'm your host, Jim Roos, owner, CEO of the Digital Bank Report and co-publisher of the financial brand. Capturing the attention of a younger consumer in financial services is a major challenge. Financial well-being is a primary focus for these segments, but engagement is very elusive. FinTech startup Zogo is an award-winning platform that gamifies financial literacy for younger consumers using bite-sized modules that can move market share and engage consumers. Created by an immigrant at the age of 19 from a dorm room at Duke University, Zogo serves over 600,000 users from 200 financial institutions in just one year. We are so fortunate to have Bolin Lee Founder and CEO of Zogo on the Banking Transform podcast. He will discuss the origin of this innovative app and the growth that has been achieved since Zogo's founding. So I'm going to assume that most listeners to the Banking Transform podcast are not first-generation immigrants. I'm also going to assume that none of my listeners on the show came into the US alone at the age of 13 and created a financial app in the dorm room at the age of 19. So welcome to the show, Bolin. As I said in our introduction comments, you are officially the youngest person we've had on the show and probably one of the better and more exciting stories. So before we start, can you provide our listeners with a little background around yourself, as well as what inspired you to create a financial services app while attending Duke?
1: Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Um, so, you know, I came, like you said, I came to the U.S. when I was 13 years old um from from China and uh, went to this um, school in Boston lived with host family all four years in Boston and uh, when I was in high school you know my teacher like really encouraged me to look into entrepreneurships and I did some programs and so on and so forth So when I got to Duke like entrepreneurship wasn't really um, like wasn't really this scary thing like I've kind of had a little bit of experience in high school. Uh, and I got kind of bored with my classes um, my freshman year at Duke, so I was like, you know what? Let me try to see if I can put something together <laughs> uh, and start a company. So, um, so I was I was nineteen. It was my freshman year. I was in my dorm, and I just started working on Zogo. Um, and uh, you know, I remembered I attended this financial literacy seminars that year when I was you know in school, and. It was in this huge auditorium, like all the kids came to the auditorium and um, the the, the school invited a bank to come to the school to speak about financial literacy. Uh, It was like two, three hours on presentations about budgeting, whatever. Like literally, if you look around the room, it's hilarious because like everyone's on their phone texting each other, like making fun, like on their Instagram, right? No one was paying attention to this banker who was like wearing suit and like putting on this presentations. And by the end of it, the banker would give each student a little flyer and was like, open a checking account and you'll get $20 when you open a checking account with us. And we were just walking out of the room was like, this is the most stupid thing ever. Like, like, there's no way we're going to even look at this bank. Um, So that kind of inspired me, you know, to, to, you know, see, I saw two problems uh, during that seminar. Number one is I saw that financial literacy wasn't being delivered the right way to young people. And number two is financial institutions uh, doesn't really know how to reach this generation the right way. Uh, So kind of combining the two together, we um, built Zogo.
0: So how does Zogo work and how do you bring together financial literacy and a gamification component?
1: Yeah. So um, I don't know know, how many listeners have used uh, the language learning tools uh, before on the App Store, like Duolingo, Rosetta Stones, I don't know, Jim. If you're familiar with these um, these apps, like Duolingo is a great example. Almost, if you ask any twenty-something years old, they definitely have heard of Duolingo and have used it to learn something, like learn some language. They break down these very complicated language into these bite-sized formats um, and gamified it with you know points, leaderboard, so on and so forth. So we, you know, we see money as a language. Financial literacy is a language that is very difficult to understand. So what we did at Zogo is we break down these very complicated financial concept into bite-sized modules. Um, And we, you know, add in all the gamification components. The user complete a module, they earn some pineapples, which is an in-app currency at Zogo, and they can use their pineapples to redeem for rewards. So they're literally getting paid uh, to learn about financial literacy. A lot of the inspiration came from the language learning tools um, that our generation used
0: where did you start? I mean, you, f- financial literacy is a very broad topic. What seems to be, if you were to pick one or two areas of the biggest gaps between what a younger consumer doesn't understand and what financial institutions don't do a really good job of of helping them understand, what are some of the components of financial literacy that the, are the most challenging from your perspective?
1: Yeah, you know, this is so interesting because, Uh, we have about 36 topics, different topics on the app, uh, covering credit, insurance, blah, 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 blah. And by the way, we have people of all ages on the app as well, from 13 years old all the way to 70 years old. Yeah. So we've seen like different age groups have chose to start with different topics. And if you look at the younger generations on Zogo, the number one topic, believe it or not, the number one topic that they pick is how to get credit. Uh, and and you know even when I kind of saw that stats I was really uh, I was really shocked because you know I, I you know I wouldn't think that that would be the first thing on, on the mind for young people but that is uh, how to get credit and number two is get to know financial institutions that's the second most popular topic for young people under twenty five um, so I think there's just a need uh, for young people to demystify what's going on in the you know number one in the credit market and number two I guess just financial institution as a whole. Uh, They just don't understand, right? That's why they want to learn more. Um, And hopefully Zogo is like a place for them to go to get to know these things.
0: So can you explain some of the challenges you had when you went from ideation to building a financial services app for what is really a very hard to reach consumer? Because even when you bring gamification in there, the attention span and the ability to move from item to item, and certainly it's all mobile, you know, there's challenges when you look at You know, not only where you start, but how do you describe the the, the elements of financial services? And then how do you do it in what I call a legal framework? Because you get into financial services and you start to impart information, it's got to meet some regulatory guidelines as well.
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, you can imagine a 19-year-old trying to, (laughs) when I first started, I had no idea, you know, what I was doing. And then um, I would say, one, you know, credit I would give is the credit union industry. Uh, they were kind of the first group of customers that uh, started to help us with figuring out how to deliver or how to present this, and you know, like all you said, meeting the legal legal requirements, so on and so forth. Um, but first and foremost, okay, when we built this thing when we were nineteen, we wanted to build something that would be helpful for ourselves, um, and that was kind of the really the guiding principle, like something that we would use ourselves. Right. And, um, and the gamifications and all that, those are cool. Like those are cool elements, but at the end of the day, um, this is what gamification is all about. It's not about the points. It's not about whatever. It's about making the users feel like they are hitting a goal, some kind of goal all the time. Like, you know, in gamification, we call it dopamine hit, like just making sure they're hitting that, you know, getting that feeling. That's why no one wants to read, uh, there, there's not a lack of financial literacy content on the web. There's so many of them, in fact. Um, but what Zogo has done is we, we make them super short so that the user feel like they're learning something all the time, like really you know, quick feedback loop. Um, so it took, uh, took us a while to figure that out. Uh, and then plus the incentives, plus the rewards that are embedded with the pineapples and everything, um, it just get people started. Right. And then and we think that's kind of the hardest thing is to get started. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that answered your question, but <laughs>
0: Yeah, it does. And what's interesting is I'm talking a lot recently in, in presentations and webinars and podcasts, the fact that we really, as an industry, are moving from the need to build better experiences to building better engagement, the more interactive accurate action that we're talking about. You, you bring up some very interesting com- components that it's really not just a gamification, it's the way we talk to this generation. We, we tend to, financial services will never be blamed for under communicate. We, we make everything much bigger than it has to be. Are the financial services institutions that have partnered with Zogo using this as their content delivery tool for this generation? In other words, does this replace other content that they previously had on the site because it's easier to consume?
1: A hundred percent, a hundred percent, right? So like for example, Zogo, like we have an existing library of about 500 educational modules on all kinds of topics. But on top of that, the financial institution we partner with can add additional, like customize and add their own modules super easily um, to Zogo. So we have institution, this is super cool by the way, like we have financial institution adding modules to teach people about their history, of how they got started, right? Like some of the community banks and like credit unions have like crazy histories uh, and this, you know, it's really interesting for young people to know about how they got started and what credit unit even mean, by the way, or what community banking even mean. Um, so, so we've seen a lot of use case around that.
0: What's well, interesting then, what you just said there where organizations build their own modules. Is there a little bit of crowdsourcing here where they get more modules from you, but you could in return get some ideas for modules you can build for other organizations. Based on what your partners are already
1: building, a hundred percent, hundred percent. That's the idea. Like you know, a lot of the modules we have on the app, we would not have unless our partner has told us that they have seen interest around the topic, right? Um, so it's it's really it's really a crowdsourcing effect. Like for example, Jim, you know, we are starting to get into the investment categories, like the investment apps. Uh, you know, those like robo advisors and stuff like that, um, and. And they're giving us so many ideas of what we need to teach people about investing. Um, And it's really a collaborative effort from everyone that we work with.
0: Well, you know, I have a saying that I use way too often, but just because you build it doesn't mean they'll come or buy it. Could you explain how you actually partner with both legacy and fintech firms to expand the reach of your service? I mean, how did you, at the very first time, knock on the door of financial institutions? as a 19-year-old and actually get somebody to listen to you, because, heck, I've been in the industry a whole lot longer, and I have a hard time reaching some of these financial institutions.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, honestly, I think back, I don't know how how it happened, but basically, I just got very lucky. I went to a couple of conferences, uh, credit union conferences. One is called NACUSO, and then I went to Finnovate. and we actually won, uh, you know, Finovate. We did. We won best of show. I was going
0: to say you definitely went to Finovate. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, We won the best of show there, and then we, we, you know, and then like I think it's just from the conference, um, it just the concept resonated with people so much that we just started getting inbound, um, like inbound requests from credit unions, from community banks, uh, and we had our first, you know, ten pilot, like just like you know a lot of the other fintech how they get started, and then it did really well, and then kind of just expand from there. Uh, and today we have you know close to 200 uh, financial institutions all across the U.S. Um, and th- sitting here today for the past two years, you know I don't know how it happened. I think it's just our commitment to this industry and how like we really care about our partners and we we do whatever it takes to make them happy. Um, and I think that kind of you know help us move the move the needles and move it forward.
0: You know, you've mentioned credit union several times. Has that been the part of the industry that's been the most receptive? I would imagine, just because there are charters and the way they do things, I would imagine that based on size, based on the type of institution, credit unions being very receptive. But how about legacy banks? How about larger financial institutions? Has it been well received by them, or, or do they put in roadblocks that are different than the smaller organizations do?
1: Yeah. I mean, we definitely started with the smaller ones. Uh, we, so the way it works, we started with credit unions, we moved on to community banks. And today, I mean, we have American Express as a customer, these large legacy banks. There's another really you know, top five retail bank that's going to become a partner. So it, it's really, um, it doesn't matter the size now and as much as back in the day, because we weren't really proven back in the day. Um, but today we work with, and you know, we also work with FinTech, actually, a large fintech companies, like Moneyline, neobanks of the world. Um, So, you know, it really is just whoever, an insurance company, by the way, is another one. Um, We have insurance customer clients that want to teach their customer about insurance. Um, Because what we realize is teaching, like education at the end of the day is the best loyalty, um, you know, like best way to get loyalty from customers. And I think the financial institution realized that as well.
0: So. Once you've sold it to a financial institution, how do these partners actually reach their intended audiences to let them know about Zogo? Because, again, I'm going to use the term, you know, if you build it doesn't mean they'll, that people will find it. And financial institutions yep. tend to build a whole lot of stuff into their website that nobody can ever find. Nobody ever knows it's even there. How, how do your best partners reach the intended audience and tell them that there's this great app that you don't even have to be a, a client or a customer to access?
1: So that's a great question. Um, and you know I, th- I think this is one of the things we did really well early on. Uh, you know, almost all of our financial institution partners, when they launched ZoGo, so they purchased the ZoGo app, which basically they get an access code to the app that they can distribute to their uh, members, to their customers. So, you know, we have credit unions that just, they have hundreds of thousands, like a hundred thousand members, for example, they just send an email, very simple. That's it. Send an email to all the members and all the members, you know, maybe five to 10% initially get onto the app, do down, actually downloaded the app because they know they can get paid to learn. Like that's a novel concept. But once they get on the app, we have a feature called a referral. A user can invite a friend to join the app and they can earn 1,000 pineapples for doing that, which equals to a dollar in reward, right? 75% of our user base today got on the app through referrals uh, from friends and families. So basically, when the way financial institutions do it is, they just launch it, and they don't ever have to look at it or do anything about it again. It's just kind of keep growing in the community by itself. Parents will start telling their kids about it, kids tell their friends that, oh my God, look, ABC Credit Union is paying me to learn, right? And it just kind of, kind of grow itself. Um, And then we have some uh, more, you know, sophisticated institutions that are integrating Zogo into their mobile banking app, Uh, like Visions Credit Union is one, like they integrated it into their system. And that's even easier. Like they just literally (laughs) get a lot of people every single month um, to just, you know, join.
0: Well, it's interesting because you could actually, if you know the path of it, that some of your, your participants, your app users use, you could actually have a pop-up on the mobile phone that says, by the way, have you have you gone to this module and earn your your pineapples?
1: Exactly. We do that uh for sure. And you know, we even do pop-up where if a user just learn about, let's say, uh credit card, right, or loans, we we do a pop-up as well for our financial institution partners so that that, you know, if they're interested, they can go visit the financial institutions as well.
0: Yeah, how many uh, modules are part of the ZoGo app right now?
1: We have about 500 uh, modules on the ZoGo. And do you want to hear a really crazy stats, Jim? So we've launched the app for about about two, three years, like close to three years. Take a guess how many modules has been completed by our users in the past three years.
0: That was one of the two questions coming next. 200,000 participants, I believe you said, you have uh, a number of organizations, I, I, a million?
1: 20 million education modules. Yep, 20 million has been completed. Um, and that's you know equivalent to about close to 10 years worth of time uh, of users spending on the app, uh, learning about financial literacy. You would never thought people <laughs> would actually spend time doing that, especially kids.
0: So for, for a, a, a typical, either a median or mean, I, I don't care which one, user, how, how many times do they get engaged with your app? How many modules? It,
1: it really depends. But, you know, when we did a, a pilot with this large uh, financial institution, it's about 30 minutes a month a user was spent on the app. Um, so 30 minutes a month learning about financial literacy. Yeah. And today we have about 600,000 uh, 600, users on the platform. Oh, I'm sorry. So that you know, really adds up. 000. Like yeah. so, it really adds up. Like over time, for the module they complete.
0: So financial literacy is obviously a very broad topic, and you already mentioned the crowdsourcing that's done in partnership with your financial institutions. Are there any other ways that you approach innovation at Zogo right now?
1: Yeah. So we, you know, uh, obviously the pineapple is a really interesting thing that we've created, and you know, it's crazy that our users would literally do anything for pineapples. Like, it's crazy. Like basically our financial institutions sometimes send an email and say, go follow our Instagram account, we'll give you a thousand pineapples. And then all of a sudden, like thousands of people just follow their Instagram account. But anyway, what I was trying to say is there's something about the pineapple uh, that is really powerful and we are looking into the way. Uh, and I'm sure you are very familiar with the space as well, like in the crypto space and how we can potentially, you know, create some synergy there. Um, and helping our financial institutions also get into this space through Zogo, uh, with a younger audience. So, so that's definitely a you know a big thing that we'll be unveiling later this year.
0: So, is there any recent module, let's say in the last six months, that you added that really just just moved the needle, blew it off the charts? You going, I didn't see that coming. Or
1: I have one for you, and you're gonna laugh when I say it. Um, so, this topic is called how to play poker. Okay. And people are going to be like, what the heck? Poker? Um, But, you know, poker actually is, it's a good way to train life skills and to train negotiation skills, like so on and so forth. Like a lot of the people in finance learn poker to learn about risk management. And, you know, we don't teach how to gamble, to be clear, in Zogo. But it's to use poker as an example of how it translates to your financial lives. And it is kind of this, you know, topic that we started, once again, crowdsourcing, like one of our partners mentioned it, and it has became the most completed, uh, the highest completion rate on the entire Zogo app, how to play poker.
0: But again, it's, it's, it's finding new ways to communicate something that is extraordinarily threatening to people, is something that people don't like to talk about but where nobody with everybody feeling uncomfortable, you've got to find new ways of communicating. And again, I would imagine that all your developers and all your innovation team, and even the organizations that are, are heavy users, they are using their their employees and your, your team that are all young to say, here's way you could probably reach this audience.
1: Exactly, exactly. Like we have almost all of our financial institution also use it for their employees and for their training. Um, so that's you know another thing that they're doing. And so it's also a classroom for teachers. They give it to students as like almost like a homework. Um, so it's just a very flexible tool that people can use like wherever they want.
0: We'd like to thank our sponsor, Microsoft. See how Microsoft can help unlock new opportunities at speed and scale through innovative business processes, delivering differentiated customer experiences across channels innovating new products and services and redefining new ways of thinking. Find out more at microsoft.com backslash financial services. So as we've been discussing, you know, Zogo uses gamification and really bite-sized modules to improve financial literacy. Are there ways to leverage these two tools to expand the use of financial services as well? In other words, To help sell or introduce products to the marketplace, you're talking about.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we so you know at Zogo, we believe that education is the best sell. Um, When you educate someone about something, it's a very natural thing that the other person start trust you more, and you know you know want to do business with you, right? Uh, So when, you know, like I mentioned, our financial institution can freely create any modules they want on the Zogo app. Uh, There's just one condition. It has to be educational. Even if it's about their products, it has to be educational. And we have just seen crazy, um, you know, crazy convert, like rate of conversions from these modules to like the actual uh, products because it's not just like, hey, like, you know what I experienced when I was in high school? Here's a checking account, earn $20 when you open a checking account. But instead it's educating you with a few modules, some quizzes, right? Um, and then at the end, inviting you to check it out, right? So that, that's kind of our way of doing it.
0: Yeah. To bring up the point of what you said earlier in the podcast was that you said that initially the way you got into this business was a banker came in, said they're looking to, to educate you about financial services. And at the end, they tried to sell something, which kind of killed the whole mindset. Not that it wasn't already killed before that, but the reality is people, people want to be given the opportunity to make their own decisions. So I, I think it's it's interesting the way you're, you're looking at that. You know, how has Zogo been funded today? I know there's been some venture capital funding, but do you receive funding from financial services companies? Do you receive it from the actual users? What's the what's the, the monetization from your perspective? And also, what's the monetization from the financial services firm's perspective?
1: Yeah, so we, you know, are completely bootstrapped, believe it or not. Um, and all of our funding, or I don't even know if we call it funding, but it's all from revenue, right? Um, from financial institution being part of this community. Um, we we really, we did some angel things, like angel uh when I was really early, but we didn't really raise venture capital or anything like that. Um, and and we, we, we did that very consciously, right? Because we want to make sure that our customers, which are the financial institutions, are going to be always front and center for us, right? Like we want to make sure they always have the best experience because they are our investors. Um, and um, And I, you know, also, it's because we're so young, no one wanted to give us money. (laughs) I like that.
0: You had the PR answer and the real answer, which is nobody wants to give us money. (laughs) I
1: got you. I mean, there were people that wanted to give us money, but they wanted me to, like, quit school and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, and I ended up graduating just like a year early so that I can focus more on Zogo. But... I, I, I'm really proud that we chose this path because we have an intense focus on our customers uh, and, and what they what their needs are, right? And we respond fast to what they want.
0: So, how do financial institutions then um, pay you? How do you get monetization from them?
1: Yeah, so they, it's very simple. They pay an annual subscription fee um, for the service. Depends on the size of the institutions. It's a different you know pl- different fee structure, but. There's also, you know, when they integrate into their mobile banking app, you know, that's a separate products we have. So it's just very simple. We don't want to make things complicated. Um, and, you know, once you're part of the family, you're part of the family. We don't do this user cons or like all that kind of stuff. We, in fact, want as many users as possible uh, on the platform. Uh, uh, oh, one th- one other thing is financial institutions are the one backing all the rewards in the app. In the app. That's so what A $5 gift card. Yep. <laughs> When the when the user earned five dollar gift card, the financial institution are the backer.
0: Got it. So really the user, the, the final user, the, the app, the person taking the courses, doesn't pay anything. The financial institution pays you a, a a licensing fee to have it on their platform, and then they pay the rewards. That's pretty good. So when you when you look at that overall, when you look at what you've built. Are you today a profitable organization? Are you generating revenue?
1: Yeah, I've been profitable pretty much since day one. Um, and mainly it's also because we started in college, so we were super, super cheap with ourselves. <laughs> Um But yeah, no, we, were, we, we are profitable, yeah.
0: So when you look at the growth, I mean, I, I can see it, you know, I'm, I'm, as happens a lot of times on these podcasts, people are talking and my mind's swirling on, geez, there's so much opportunity here, When you look at the potential expansion of your concept, which is financial literacy, but it's really, what anything else, a better and improved communication process around financial services, where do you see the biggest opportunity for Zogo? I think you mentioned you're starting to get into investment services. But what are also some opportunities you see out there that you say, you know, this is on our our potential to-do list down the way.
1: Yeah, I think, Jim, you hit the nail on the head about Zogo is a, is a communication, it's is a content delivery platform, right? It's a new way of delivering content. Um, <clears throat> and guess what? Like every single business have content marketing uh, and, and use content as a way to engage their audience, right? <clears throat> we, we were very lucky that we started in the financial services space and that financial literacy is such, a, such an important topic. Uh, for for our audience and for the users. But I think the opportunity is, you know, obviously we're going to start with the financial services like insurance, right? Um, There's a lot of things in financials like car dealerships, right? So on and so forth. But the the big vision is to, you know, have Zogo be the go-to place uh, to learn about all the complicated things, like all the life skills that you didn't learn in school, right? And have it be sponsored by the businesses that are, in that industry, right? Um, so, so so that's, you know, we want to pay people to learn. That's, that's what's really, you know, interesting to me. We don't want, I we don't think people should pay to learn.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it's and it's certainly, as you said, not just a Gen Z situation. I mean, nobody wants to admit, and we've seen this in other organizations that do um, communication and, and try to have some financial literacy impact, is that, the, the challenge right now is people don't want to admit that they don't know, know things but if they're in an app by themselves they don't have a real problem in trying to figure out how do i how do i teach myself so we've gone over the opportunities what's been the biggest challenge to date for zoga and for you
1: oh wow i you know i think definitely early days when i first started i have some so many stories of how we were scrambling because we just didn't know what we're doing. I mean, this is my first business ever. This is my first job ever. (laughs) Never had a job before. Um, So, you know, we don't know how it works to manage employees early on. We don't know how it works to, you know, I was very fortunate to have a group of really motivated, um, really smart uh, people, right? Uh, Like to, to to start a company with. But thinking back, I think some of the biggest challenge are definitely like, you know, how to motivate employees, how to make sure that, how we communicate the financial institution, the messaging. Um, and if there's one lesson that I learned, uh, throughout the past four years is to keep things simple. Right. There's, there's such a, there's such a thing of like simplicity is at the end of the day, the biggest, the biggest asset that we have. Um, and, I think there was this one point where my mindset just changed to this simplistic, minimalistic mindset and it just changed everything.
0: Well, I think it's interesting because, you know, as you know, the financial services industry is in no way simplistic. We, we really, we work in the opposite direction, account opening experiences are extraordinarily long because we feel like we have to include everything in the, in the capture of information. So when you've met with finance institutions and gone into that challenge a little bit more, everything you said today makes amazing sense. It seems very easy. I doubt if it's priced out of the marketplace. Somebody sits down with you and they love everything you say, but they don't move forward. What is the typical reason why? What stands in their way in a normal situation where you go, geez, you know, this, this roadblock's been there before, and it, it doesn't completely surprise
1: us. Yeah. You know, it's funny, it changes over time. When we first started the company, it's usually that we don't have a lot of experience and that we, you know, are a very young company today, most reason for not moving forward is re- usually timing and budgeting, uh, the budgeting cycles. Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, um, you know, I, I always tell my team, there's never a lose. There's never a lost deal. It's just not the right time. Um, and, you know, and we just, we're patient. And I think they, you know, they will very soon realize, you know, if a credit union down the road is starting to use it and getting all these users, you know, on their thing. And then, you know, so, so it's just a, I think it's really interesting to see how it's been developed. Because way back in the day, like, you know, I get so many rejections, like it's like, it's crazy. Uh, but it's really cool to see, like these days, a lot of the early peoples kind of saw uh, what we have done uh, and are very proud of the progress that we've made and decided to kind of, you know, join two years later um, to, to be part of the to be part of the family. And I still think that's that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because legacy thinking gets in the way. Um, any change, you know, anything new is not the most comfortable zone for finance institutions. It, it goes without saying that that's right. probably the biggest inhibitor of moving forward is complacency. And, you know, we use the words, you know, budgeting cycles and, oh, gee, if we didn't have this planned, or we, we, we as an industry come up with so many excuses. And the reality is most of the excuses, I love everything you're saying. It's just not what we do today. And it, and it's crazy because you go, well, at what point does it become something you do today? You know, it's, it's a, it's a big challenge there. Finally, If an organization wanted to move forward with your platform, how long does it take to implement it from day one till the day you can turn on the the modules?
1: That's actually one thing we're most proud of. It takes 24 hours and all we need from them is a logo. That's it. It takes 24 hours from contract signing to launch. They don't have to do anything. Uh, and that's one thing we learned, like Jim, just like you said, a lot of legacy institutions are really worried about starting new things. And a part of that is really doing a lot of work to start this new thing. And then it, you know, what if it doesn't work out? Uh, money is an issue as well, but it's not as big of an issue as them putting in the work, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we just eliminated all of that, like make it super simple for oh, them to no launch. They don't have to do anything.
0: There, you don't have any
1: data No data transfer, no due diligence. Yeah, even when we do, you know, something like an Amex, there's no really, not really, do dil- that big of a due diligence lift as at all. So it becomes this really turnkey solution that they just have to, you know, they just have to have money to, to pay, and it really doesn't need a lot of maintenance or a lot of extra work um, from their side. Now, does your team? We're very proud of that. You know, yeah. one of
0: these things is you you give them, they give you the logo, you give them modules, everything sounds great. Do you does your team help them or provide them ideas on how to actually market it to their customers? Because, you know, I I, can't, I I've been in the banking industry long enough to know there's sometimes we buy things and then we never really turn them on or use them to their max or, or maximize the potential. Do you help them with that? Because it obviously there's there's value in keeping that that re- financial relationship that institutional relationship. But you really, I don't think, have any benefit on a scaling. So you have them succeed is for them, not really for you.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we have about 50 people in the company today. And uh, there's one department, there's like sales department, product department, whatever. But there's one department that I told them there's no limit in budget. Just spend whatever you can to, you know, to, to get the job done. And that's the customer success department. And um, and literally, you know, we go, we have a we set a bi-weekly call with every single institution that we work with, no matter their size, you know, even if they're a $10 million credit unions, we still do that. Just because we learn so much from them, you know, like we learn about what they need. Um and, and we truly care about our customer, once again, because you know, that self-funding kind of thing. So um so hundred percent We have a launch meeting with them, we have a bi-weekly call with them after the launch and throughout you know we share ideas across all the institution we work with we have roundtables where they get together and share how they've been marketing zogo um and you know all kinds of ways to get them feel like they're part of a community right
0: well and thank you so much for being on the show today what an exciting story you you hit me at the end with a, a really interesting one which you have 50 employees i'm going like i'm not too sure if i know anybody at your age that that's sitting there being in charge of 50 employees. So you're, you're learning not only about what your, your your app can do, but what you're doing as a leader too. So that that's exciting. Obviously, your your passion for what you're doing is is overwhelming. And, and good luck with everything going forward.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to Banking Transform, raised a top banking podcast and winner of three international awards for podcast excellence. If you enjoy what we're doing, please give us a high rating on your favorite podcast app. Also, be sure to read my articles on the financial brand and look at the reports we're doing for the digital Bank report. This has been the production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Longright audio engineer, Sean Will Hoffman, and video producer, Will Prince. I'm your host, Jim Roos. Until next time, remember, it doesn't matter what age you are, you can still achieve amazing things. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now.